my friends, and welcome to part seven of On Grace. This is a conversation between Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen. Hope you enjoy. Hello, my name is Wayne. Hey, this is Wendell. We're here with our podcast uh, again on On Grace, and... uh, Usually we don't prepare for this, but we're cheating this time. We talked a little bit about it. So I'm going to throw a real softball to Wayne because he's ready to hit it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, he chuckles with self-confidence. The key to happiness is low expectations, so don't get their expectations up too much. <laughs> when you start talking about grace, it gets all, uh, if, if you're not careful, it gets all gushy and cotton candy and, you know, bluebirds and everything's good and everything's always good. But there's a side of life that's very, very hard sometimes and very difficult and so the question of pain comes up, and most specifically the question that gets a little harder sometimes for some is why do bad things happen to good people? And so in the context of grace, how does this all play out? And so there is the slow ball pitch to Wayne, and now listen to this home run. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy question. <laughs> I should be able to knock that out. Um, I, th- I think it, there's a couple of um, – ideas that help me anyway one is is this idea that uh, that we've been talking about with grace is this willingness to invest and to be present with someone uh, and God's willingness to be present with us in our suffering uh, is you know we can find God generally as this person who can do whatever they want to do and obviously if you can you would stop people from suffering but maybe the expression of grace that uh, you know, it kind of cheesy to say is is better, maybe not better, but the one he chooses for whatever reason is to be present with us in our suffering, uh, that he hates it as much as we do. It is as uncomfortable for him as it is for us and breaks his heart as much as the things that grieve us break his heart as much or more uh, than it does ours. And so the why, that doesn't answer the why, but it perhaps... Uh, helps it makes us be a little easier on God about that. I think there's the sense in which part of that God endowed, gives us this dignity that He created us to have a real freedom and a power that our choices have consequences. And and once that's true, the only way He can change that would be to intervene in those consequences. Uh, is to take away our dignity uh, and our our freedom and our power, and and He will not violate that dignity that He gave us that we have, and uh, and if He began to do that, if every time we wanted Him to change the consequences of our decisions or somebody else's decisions, then life would be chaotic. It would be uh, unpredictable, and uh, and He wants to bring order out of chaos rather than creating more chaos. And so he allows suffering because perhaps that's the lesser of the two evils, that that's better than a chaotic world when you never know what the consequences of your decisions are going to be and, and are the consequent, you know, that the laws of nature, they act as they're supposed to uh, all the time. And so that gives some predictability and order to life, but at the same time, it means that those decisions we make do have consequences, which means that we as humans do have this 
We are created in the image of God with a power and a freedom and a dignity that, uh, that he refuses to take away from us. Well, I, probably a month or two ago we got to talking about this, and you used the example of gravity. And uh, so God created gravity, which is absolutely essential for, I mean, you think about life without gravity. Think about all the ways they have to compensate and figure out, you know, solutions in space where there is no gravity to how, to, how do you live in a space station or whatever because there's no gravity well suppose uh, you know every time gravity threatened to hurt somebody oh the child is walking next to the edge of the cliff they're going to fall and god says okay i got to intervene and we got to disrupt the, the law of gravity anything at all where gravity could hurt somebody god is since he's good since he's gracious he's always going to have to break into that law and making an, an exception the point being if he if that happens all the time it's a crapshoot when you get out of bed am i going to be able to walk to the bathroom or am i going to float up around the roof yeah. i mean you or know if it happens one time out of a hundred it yeah. changes everything yeah 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 so there's certain ways that god made for this thing to work both physically and relationally and factor in free will and all that and and there's just certain uh, I don't know, guidelines or expectations you have to have to live. Right. That if if uh, he if he starts intervening everywhere, yeah, it just kind of on a whim or haphazardly or in answer to prayer, uh, he stops or changes the laws for a moment, then yeah. life becomes uh, chaotic. But on the other hand, you have to say, but if. Being God, if he says, okay, now's the time to defy gravity, right. that's his call. Right, yeah. Uh, I think C.S. Lewis talks about uh, in order to believe in miracles, you have to believe that they're rare. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not miracles. Yeah. That God does choose, he can, and he does intervene at times and places, but it has to be rare for there to be, to be for life to have dignity and power and predictability and dependability and trust uh, but it, he also interacts and intervenes because he is gracious and, and in his wisdom he does like you said he picks and chooses those moments yeah yeah well okay so you think about we're, we're kind of talking about in times of crisis a toddler next to a cliff or whatever or a, a person diagnosed with cancer well can't god come in and take away the tumor and whatever so we're talking about times of of, of crisis but just in everyday life, we live we live increasingly in a world that treats pain as if it's deadly. That the, that more and more, I mean, they pass laws, they do all kind of things to try to create some sort of nerf world where the, where there's no sharp edges, everything's mm -hmm. nobody nobody's going to bump up against it, get hurt, get bruised. Right. We try to do it in our relationships. Don't rock the boat. You know, and, and maybe in relationships we even call that gracious, but is it? Yeah, I think it's more about risk management than it is uh, authenticity or this, you know, relationships are messy. They always, always are messy and complicated. Well, who told us they weren't? Right. Where well, did that get started? Yeah, this whole yeah. idea of they should be comfortable, life, love should be easy. That's, that's a myth, and I don't know where it comes from, uh, but, you know, Insurance companies make billions of dollars every year, 
guaranteeing that they can cover our risk uh, and reimburse us for our loss. Well, some losses are just losses. You just deal with them. They're part of life. Yeah, yeah. But I think at the same time that we talk about God can intervene at moments, there's also the truth that God is present in every moment, yeah. that grace is always sufficient, that no matter what happens, whether it's painful or harmful, grace is always sufficient for the need of that moment. And God is present in every moment in every person's life all the time. And so it's not that he just picks and chooses moments to be present. He he has chosen to be present in every moment and active and involved and influencing what happens in our lives, participating in our lives. But he may change those laws of nature from time to time. He picks and chooses those moments. That's the, the, Every moment is a miracle yeah. in the sense that God is involved in it. And, yeah, and that's actually a bigger, more life-changing intervention than the, yeah. a miracle. Right. Because exactly. it's the it, we can count on that. Right. It's the solidity of God in that. I'll, well, the Jesus last words, "I'll never leave you or forsake you." Um, at that moment, that may have sounded like a consolation prize, like, "No, we yeah. want you here, right. Good point. physically here." Right. But it wasn't a consolation prize. It was the big prize. Yeah. That through the Spirit we have c- constant presence of God who cries when we cry and laughs when we laugh and, right. and is involved in those painful moments along with us. Right. Not in a, a superficial way either. Right, yeah. yeah and, and he feels what we feel, that same pain and that same distress and that same, I wish this was different, I hate this kind of thing. But he also knows in that moment that his grace is enough for us, that he can get us through this. And that even in this moment, nothing is separating us from his love. And so there is both worth and uh, and trust in that moment. Yeah. Well, part of, I think what, part of what makes pain powerful is it gives us a chance to trust grace as much as God does. And we enter, in, we enter into the divine. We enter into, right. oh, this is what it feels like to settle into. And it sounds kind of weird but it's it, this is what it's like to settle into the trinity where you yeah. have this community where you have this perfect union there is no panic here just got a diagnosis of cancer just lost a loved one just had the bottom fall out of my bank account whatever um but to press into that trust is yeah. it's like um got when you when you enter into that trust you realize god is not panicked or undone by this right. at all yeah. By any way, shape, or form. Right. And so the idea is not, well, we've got to scramble to fix this situation. The first thing is simply press into grace the same way God does and trust it. And let's see where it goes from here. Because yeah. there's going to be a new arrangement now. This pain, whatever happened, it's going to rearrange the landscape some. But there are some constants, which is God, grace, me trusting right. that. Yeah. Those are still solid. Yeah. yeah I think... God doesn't ask us to do something that He is not already doing. Oh, yeah. Trusting Himself, yeah, He's He's not intimidated yeah. by our fears or our hurt or whatever. He understands them. He feels them. He knows the depth of them. He doesn't ask us to ignore or deny that, but He trusts Himself in that. And he just asks us to do the same thing. I think I think we really disrespect Him when we think 
the cross was this calculated historical have-to thing, that it was all according to some sort of Jewish calendar. It had to happen just like right. this, and let's just get through this and we'll get on to something else. Mm-hmm. The, the tears that were shed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the dialogue, the cries from the cross, Dad, where did you go? Um, these are not sanctimonious religious words. This is the Trinity in turmoil, in absolute agonizing turmoil. Yeah. And 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 to, to, to see, okay, when so when God enters into our suffering and you say he trusts in his grace, he's already tried it. Right. In the most colossal catastrophe yeah. of history, he's already tried it. It worked. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're good with this. Yeah. It's like all through the Old Testament, he chooses over and over and over and over again to be present with us in our suffering and to love us and commits himself to do whatever it takes for us to experience that love, even if it means the death of his son as an expression of that love. And so he has learned to trust that grace. I don't know if that's heresy to say or not, but I think he has learned and he asked us to yeah. trust his faithfulness, that he is not going to change course yeah. on us. This is probably for another session but I'm kind of I'm getting better and better with the idea that God discovers things. Yeah. Because I mean, you can read stuff in a book all day long. You can know stuff from a classroom, but until you experience it. Yeah. You, you know, and he he could have guessed in his genius God mind what it was like to be a human, but he never really knew until he became one, yeah. and then suffered our plight all the way down through. Right. Doesn't Hebrews say he learned obedience through what he suffered or yeah. talking about Jesus? Yeah. yeah. And I think there is, you know, we, we kind of have this uh, traditional conservative idea that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I think there is this re- this truth that he's also personhood and, uh, and relationship, and all of those are dynamic and uh, in flux to some degree. I yeah. think that that makes him relatable. He's not a machine yeah. or yeah. not mechanical. But there's, you know, call it change or the development or discovery or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. I think we're about out of time for today. Yeah, right on. <laughs> That's a good note. Well, of course, we completely answered the problem of pain. <laughs> right. No more questions about that, please. And the fact that, that God that, changes. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that God changes. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, Catch you all later. All right, thanks. <laughs> You've been hanging out with Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen. Wayne and Wendell are pastors at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. We're grateful that you're here and would love to hear from you. Please shoot us an email at ongrace at broadwayunited.org. That's ongrace at broadwayunited, B-R-O-A-D-W-A-Y, united, U-N-I-T-E-D, dot O-R-G. Hope to hear from you.